Hi, welcome. This is Ginevra with Today I Learned. I'm a trainee lawyer, international journalist and part-time actress specializing in international law and classical theater. I decided to start this podcast to be able to explore the topics I care about and also give a fresh, tangible point of view on modern-day issues with the help of people that made an impact in my personal formation. And today, we're going to discuss the tensions between President Emmanuel Macron and the Muslim world following the republication of the cartoons of the Prophet Muhammad by the French satirical magazine Charlie Hebdo. Following these facts, a French teacher, Samuel Paty, was murdered by a fundamentalist Muslim man for showing the cartoons to his students during a class on freedom of expression, to which France responded very strongly in defense of secularism, which is one of the foundational values of French culture and of the French constitution. In the speech, Macron strongly reaffirmed the values of freedom of expression and secularism, and also said that Islam is a cult in crisis. He has further announced laws to come against uh, religious separatism, which he recognized to be also a product of French colonialism across the centuries. Freedom of expression is a principle enshrined in numerous human rights treaties, such as the Universal Declaration of Human Rights and the International Covenant of Civil and Political Rights, to which both France and many Muslim countries are signatory parties. Ever since, protests began all around the Muslim world, with some Muslim countries boycotting French products against the alleged cultural racism and hatred spread by the magazine and by the words of the French president. But enough talking for now. Today we have with us a very special guest. Her name is Khada Timesh. Welcome, Khada. Hi, welcome, Ginevra. Hi. Thank you so much for inviting me. Of course. I... I was really interested in sharing some of the conversations that Gara and I have on a regular basis because I think they're really compelling and interesting and might interest uh, a lot of people really and so that's why I wanted to specifically have Gara today with us. She's a Tunisian journalist living and working in London and I really invite you to follow her content on Instagram and um, uh, yes, so we can probably go ahead with our interview today. Um, so first of all, Khada, uh, I know that you yourself, you recently came across offensive comments on your own uh, Instagram account and Facebook account. Um, would you tell us how, what were the comments about? And actually, would you tell us what happened? Yeah, Ginevra, you know, I'm not usually a target for bullying online, okay. but this time, uh, interestingly, when I was trying to talk about this issue of Macron and uh, the Charlie Hebdo cartoon and so on, I was really um, receiving a lot of hate messages and I was really surprised with that. You might think that my eccentric opinion and views about this topic generated this reaction but this is not the case unfortunately mm. uh, instead of focusing with the issues I was trying to tackle in my video people focused in a completely different thing it was a 12 minutes video and I was talking about the Prophet Muhammad peace upon him and I mentioned him many times 
So is there like a formula, Mohammed, peace upon him? Yeah, actually I didn't know that it is a rule, to be honest with <laughs> okay. you. So by the end of the video, I started saying Mohammed, Mohammed, and uh, it came across as disrespectful for so many people, and they started uh, telling me in the comments that this is disrespectful for them, this is disrespectful for uh, for Muhammad, peace, of, peace upon him, and I, of course I didn't mean it this way, and uh, I felt so bad because it diverted the uh, attention from the real issues I was trying to talk about. So just for me to understand, that was because you said Muhammad as opposed to Muhammad, peace upon him. Exactly, yes. Okay. And uh, in what way uh, did your video relate to the Bakron's issue? You were talking about. I was talking about this cartoon okay, issue okay. and Macron, and all these things, and I was talking about Muhammad and how peace upon him and how he was supporting the freedom of speech. But they didn't listen to that. They just heard Muhammad, and it was very offensive to some of them. So in a way, they manipulated the formula to get their points across. Yeah, okay. and it is a a bit deceiving for someone who worked so hard to talk about these issues and provide a different perspective. Absolutely, I imagine. And, um, you know, this kind of brings me to a conversation about the media coverage in the Arab world, almost as if maybe uh, the media, in that sense, had some role in inflaming the Arab world against maybe Macron's speech, so it wasn't only the speech in itself and Charlie Hebdo uh, publication, and also maybe the coverage, would you agree with that? 100%, I do agree that the Arab media and the Turkish media, the Iranian media, the media in the region, generally speaking, inflame the public sentiments, yeah, by their coverage. So my issue with that is that in Islam, it is actually prohibited to draw the prophet. And as a result, Charlie Hebdo's content is not only considered disgraceful by many Muslims, but also hurtful and unacceptable. So, what do you think about this idea that freedom of expression does not mean disrespecting other people's beliefs? I think that disrespecting other people's beliefs can be a very, very loose concept and it can include anything. I per I'm personally for the freedom of speech for sure, 100%. And I think that even if people are being offended by this cartoon, they are not channeling their experience in the right way. So they are not helping other people to understand their feeling by having this outrageous reaction, by being irrational and sentimental. But don't you think that this narrative uh, might... Um facilitate normalizing the stigmatization of Muslims. Which narrative? The Charlie Hebdo narrative? No, the, mm, you know, the, the way that we excuse, um, we excuse basically Islamophobia behind the curtain of freedom of expression. Doesn't it bring stigmatization? I think that uh, stigmatization is real. Islamophobia is also real. Mm -hmm. But it is also real that Generally speaking, Muslim do not many of, of of Muslim people do not accept the freedom of speech. They do not accept the criticism, and we are not 
uh, we find it very hard to establish a constructive debate, even within the community. I understand. So I, I meant to cite uh, actually a very good uh, journalist friend of mine. Her name is Hamna Khan. She's um, please follow her content as well because she's really good. She um, she used Twitter and uh, said something on the lines that there are so many human rights violations around the world and all these leaders can think about is cartoons. So do you think that uh, there could be some kind of propagandistic agenda in these leaders' actions? 100%. Starting from uh, Macron, who uh, launched his uh, electoral campaign mm -hmm. by sure. uh, having this uh, statement, knowing that Muslims can be offended by it, but also the Muslim leaders, I can think from the top of my head of Erdogan, for mm -hmm. example, who ran uh, into uh, encouraging people to to boycott the French products. Uh, maybe people will think, oh, Erdogan is like uh, defending Islam. However, when we think that uh, Turkey and France are allies in NATO and they are fighting side by side in Libya, maybe then we have to think twice why Erdogan will encourage people to boycott uh, French products. Maybe he has like a political agenda behind. Maybe uh, the boycott of French products is a great opportunity for the Turkish uh, economy. Uh, so, and I really appreciate what this journalist said, because often within the community, when we try to talk about the issues of human rights, the, the issues of refugees, the issues of women, they always say it's not the right time to speak about these topics. So it's, I can't understand how the agenda of priorities is being set, because it's, it is a priority to get offended by a cartoon and uh, have a reaction that lasts for like weeks and then we, it's never the right time to talk about our real issues. Okay. Um, well, I would want to ask, um, it has been said, and actually we've talked about it before, that um, this issue will mainly impact Muslim women in France. Uh, more than anyone else, really. So why do you think that is, and how so? Yeah, because namely Muslim, veiled Muslim women mm -hmm. uh, who are receiving a lot of, uh, who are being stigmatized by uh, the society and that uh, they are not receiving equal opportunities in, in hiring, in, in education. Now they will be more and more targeted by... Uh, by extremists in maybe French society. Uh, I recently saw a supermarket banning Muslim women wearing a headscarf from from shopping in, in, in this supermarket. So hate will only generate uh, hate. Mm -hmm. Sure. And uh, also Geneva, also when we, we get into the, when we have, for example, a conflict, we, we often don't think about civilians. We, th we often don't think about the real victims. Same when we have these um, ideological conflicts. We often don't think about the real victims who will pay the price, mm -hmm. namely women, because they are the weakest, uh, the weakest group 
in in the community they will they will receive the hate they will receive the discrimination but um, as we talked about before in other conversations um there are some parallelisms that could be drawn between uh, the killing of the Palestinian cartoonist and the killing of Samuel Paty. And that some can also generate a discussion on double standards of freedom of expressions in a way. So would you tell us more about these um, two events? Do, do you uh, mean uh, Najil Ali, right? Yes, yes. So Najil Ali was killed because of his uh, famous cartoon, Handala. Whether Neji was killed by the Israeli uh, government or the Palestinian government, for me, it's not it's not the real issue. The real issue is that he was killed because of his cartoon. It's easy for us to relate to 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 relate to to Nigel Ali and say, "Oh, we are against killing and it's freedom of of speech." But when we disagree with the cartoon. We disagree with the entire principle of freedom of speech, and this is this is the real issue. Well, but in terms of the killing, I'm I'm sure the majority of Muslims in the world would say, but that's not Islam. That does not represent us, and nor does it represent Islam. In fact, the message of the Quran is really about peace and tolerance. So, what do you think represents Islam, really, if anything? Yeah, thank you so much for bringing this point up because always people will say this does not represent Islam and that does not represent Islam. It's easy to be selective about what mm -hmm. uh, uh, represent or does not represent Islam. But rea the reality is everyone somehow, every Muslim somehow is representing Islam. The reality is, unfortunately, in the... Uh, Western uh, media, Islam is only represented and uh, being a topic of conversation when uh, a terrorist attack takes place somewhere. So, unfortunately, this is representing Islam. This some some Western audience only know Islam through the terrorist attacks that that are taking place um, everywhere. So it's easy to say, oh no, but the reality is completely different. But in a way, um, if, let's say, the Muslim states are not willing to have a um, conversation about freedom of expressions, shouldn't the West, France and other Western states, uh, be responsible to have that conversation in a more constructive way? Yeah, so we are telling the Westerns that we are not uh, mature enough to be able mm. to talk about freedom of speech to, so we need you to come and teach us how to accept uh, freedom of speech and to be okay. to, yeah to get our values aligned to the to the international values and to the basic human rights because you know freedom of speech is one of the basic human rights so again i think it's it's not it's not it's not a good position that we are putting ourselves in by not being able to discuss these these issues in our media and without within mm. our communities and it's also interesting about the coverage of the arab media uh, that we mentioned it before it was uh, the entire coverage was uh, didn't consider that maybe there is a possibility that the cartoon is a, is somehow a freedom of speech and not 
Sure. <laughs> and not an offense and a, a, like a planned offense and a war on Islam. But um, don't you think that maybe Western leaders, Macron in this case, should abstain from making such declarations or this, um, this magazine should abstain from drawing the profits in that sense when they know that such actions would inflame potentially the entire Muslim world and not contribute to a dialogue? I can easily say that, yeah, they should abstain from doing this or doing that, but is it really the real problem? I mean, like, I'm talking to my community, yeah. to the Muslim community. Let's see what happened recently in Vienna. No one uh, draw mm. a cartoon about uh, Muhammad, peace upon him, and uh, no one did any statement against Muslims or Islam or criticize us anyhow, but still someone killed people and he is Muslim and whether we accept it or we like it or it's accurate or not he was portrayed mm -hmm. in the media as um, uh, Isla Islamist uh, extremist right sure so this is not a real issue it's not what other people do I'm, th I'm really tired and sick of us being the victim and pretending to be the victim in every situation and not taking responsibilities upon our actions and reactions. Yes, I would agree. And, um, well, it is a common Western argument that I heard everywhere. People saying that, oh, but Muslim people, they come to our countries and they never integrate. For example, in France, there are four million Muslim people. They're all different. Uh, I mean, not all of them, but they're different communities that have uh, inner differences. But... Um, do you think that the Muslim is the Muslim people who are not integrating in France, or is the French policies that won't let them integrate, and that that counts for all the West? I think that both the uh, Muslim community and uh, the French uh, society, the French legislature, are not doing enough. Mm. I think uh, some people benefit from uh, this uh, 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 eternal conflict uh, between uh, the, is the values of Islam and uh, secularism and they don't try to reach any uh, common ground, they are not trying to reach any consensus. Uh, politicians are benefiting mm -hmm. from this and yeah, both are, they are not both doing enough, to be, to be fair. And would you, what would be enough, in a way? Again, it's really easy to say, uh, oh, they should do this or they should do right. that. But I think, because I'm talking as a Muslim, I'm not talking on behalf of Muslim community, but but sure. as a Muslim, maybe I, might, I might have a different opinion. I think that we need to have more uh, conversations within our, our community and we need to have more reforms we need mm -hmm. to, for the different lectures uh, and uh, scholars of, uh, of of Islam this 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 should be done within the community uh, by the members of the community itself so this question will seem obvious to you but it is indeed uh, the title of the podcast so um, how do you think that this topic is relevant today? Um, how do you think that this discussion is 
is a good discussion for anyone who tunes in to our podcast. We are voicing an opinion uh, that is not uh, necessarily heard because you don't hear this in the mainstream Arab media. So, yeah, just to give uh, to give the audience uh, an idea about the diversity. Mm, w- sure. Yeah, the diversity within the uh, Muslim community that, yeah, we are different people as well. <laughs> yeah. And we I have f- our differences. <laughs> I firmly believe that, uh, you know, a discussion about a problem is the actually the only way to to maybe potentially solve the problem, like, um, you know, to create a dialectic dialogue between two parties. It's always good, I guess. And also on um, what you just said, uh, I think we can cite maybe Edward Said, who uh, used to say that uh, the West tends to to look at the East as a block, just one block, without really actually considering all the differences of the of the Muslim people, which are huge. Yeah, it's al- always a good idea to cite Said. <laughs> yeah, Said is a good one, you know, if you haven't checked his work, please do. Yeah. And um, as a last question that I have for you today, what did you learn today? And is there anything in particular that you have noticed about the reality around you? Uh, yeah, I I just noticed that we are not able to really face the aspects of violence embedded in our culture. We are not able to have a constructive debate within the community about our differences. We are not mm-hmm. able to hear other people who are different than us, even without, within the community. Uh, and if we were able to present this this diversity if we were able to engage more women and more minority groups in these conversations i think that this will help to um to make to make our voices heard is there anything that you want to say to the people that harassed you in a way uh, because of your instagram and facebook content maybe you want to you know I listened to them all and I took their opinion into consideration and I uh, learned from my mistake and now I'm being more careful and I, whenever I mention Muhammad, peace upon him, I make sure that I say it. Okay. (laughs) But I really wish that they do listen to me more. They listen to the content of Mm. what I am saying. They They try to understand that I'm trying to help uh, and uh, I'm not I'm not the enemy, and no one is the enemy of Islam. This is also another thing that we should really think about, uh, Ginevra. Uh, in, we need to stop living in this delusion of war on Islam and people against us. We need to be responsible. We need to understand that we cannot impose our values. Oh, sure. So, sorry if I am nagging you with this question in particular, but... <laughs> What did you learn today, Gada? Is that anything in particular that makes you a different human being today? Yeah, I understand you perfectly because of it is the theme of your yeah. podcast. So yeah, <laughs> which is today I learned podcast. <laughs> so I learned how uh, to use my block note and uh, my. I completely forgot my how my handwriting looks like. So all right, yeah, yeah now that's... I'm 
I'm back to my to my notepad. Yeah, I I love thinking in Hink, you guys. You should try more often. So um, I'm extremely grateful to Hada for having joined us today at uh, Today I Learned podcast. And I invite you all to follow her and her content on Instagram for more exciting topics and discussions on today's world. And please, if you enjoyed the conversation, continue following us on Today I Learned podcast and feel free to contact, uh, to contact us uh, with any ideas on topics that you'd like to hear discussed. And even as a response to this conversation, we would love to hear your input either in the comments or privately. Please, please, please give us feedback. And ciao for now. Ciao.